thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. We are going to start a new series this week, and we will probably be in this series for a while because I'm, I'm going to take my time with this series so we can, we can take notes, we can see what the Word says, and we can see what the Holy Ghost says, because this is probably one of the most important teachings you'll ever hear come out of the pulpit, and I'm telling you, it's not taught in enough churches nowadays, and it's the reason why people don't understand how to do it. It's why they don't understand how to be led by the Spirit of God, amen, which is highly important if we are, if we are Christians, amen. It's highly important if you, are, if you are a believer and you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the Holy Ghost abiding on the inside of you to understand that he has a desire to direct you. He has a desire to lead you. He is that good that he wants to keep us out of position of making mistakes, getting ourselves in harm way. Because just like we talked about earlier, the devil's setting you up for failure. How many of y'all know that? The devil has one desire, and that is to set you up for failure, to get you off a track of your calling, to hinder you, to harm you in everything you're doing. Not just one thing you're doing, everything you're doing. Why? Because he hates you, right? He hates you because you are made in his likeness and image. You're made in the Father's likeness and image, and he wants to do everything he can to distract you and get you off course. But just as Brother John said earlier today in Psalms 39, 14, we are fearfully we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. You know, the, the, the psalmist here says, I will praise you. I will praise you for this reason. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that to kind of, because we got to lay a little bit of foundation so we can understand why we can be led by the Spirit, how the Spirit wants to lead us, and our, if, we're, if He really desires to do it, if we're able to do it, if we, you know, if we can actually have that privilege, you know, yield to that privilege of Him being able to lead us and guide us and direct us where we don't have to do these things on our own. Amen. As a church, I don't know about you, but we live in an amazing age, do we not? We live in an amazing time and age. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm thankful we don't live, you know, 200 years ago or 500 years ago, 2,000 years ago. I'm thankful for, for this dispensation. I'm thankful for this point in time that, that God has created us to live and walk here on this earth. I mean, there's, there's amazing things. God has, God has given us so many tools He's put them all at our fingertips. He's given us every tool we need to be successful in the kingdom of God, to be successful in everything we do, to be victorious. He's already provided you with this provision. He's already provided you with these things. He's given us the, he's given us the word of God, not, not just a portion of it. I mean, we got the completed word of God. Uh, y'all would be jumping up and down doing circles around this place. You have the completed word of God. Do you know how important that is? This is God speaking to you, church. This is not a book. It's not a history book. It's God speaking to you. You have the completed word of God. We have the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Spirit, not just coming on and off us like the prophets, the kings, and the priests. of. He dwells on the inside of you. He lives upon on the inside of you, church. That's a big deal. Praise God for the age we live in. Praise God for the, late, the age we live in. You, even in a small town like Dundalk in Ireland, we got multiple churches you can go to and at, the, at the drop of a hat. Multiple churches you, you could walk into. I'm telling you, this age is amazing. 
It's amazing. You don't have to travel, you know, 500 miles to get to a church. We don't have to fly all the way over to Jerusalem to go into the temple. We, we, can, we can travel two minutes or an hour or whatever it may be to get, get to a service, but there, there, are, there are churches in our paths that we can have God lead us and direct us to go to. We have, we have preachers that preach the word of God. There's many preachers in this house here. We can have preachers that will preach and teach us the word of God to where we don't have to figure out everything on our own. Amen? anointed preaching by, by the Holy Ghost himself to give us a word. I'm done. That's amazing. That's a great age we live in. It is a powerful age we live in. We have books. We live in a dispensation that has so many books. The age we live in has so many. All you got to do is push a button and any, any wonderful book can, can get shipped to your house on, on you know, how to be led by the Spirit, what, what's the meaning of the church, you know. Anything that, that's regarding to the church. You need a Bible, it's real simple. You can push, you can push order and it comes shipped right. You don't even have to go to the shop to get it. All you have to do is push one button. I'm telling you, what that's amazing. That's an amazing day we live in. It is an amazing day we live in. Church, you can even get on podcasts. I'm a podcast junkie. Amen. You can get on podcasts. I'm telling you, you can hear millions and millions and millions of hours of preaching. Millions out. We live in an amazing age. In an amazing age. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to be alive in this age. I'm thankful to be here and here right now. Now, with that being said, with all the tools that we have, we all have the, the ability to mature quicker. How I many of y'all know that? We all have the ability. See, see what used to take, you know, 30 and 40 years for us to mature in the things of God. You know, we're in such a compressed time because you have so many tools. You can, I mean, you can listen to hours. It's like you can be in Bible school sitting in your own office at your house. Amen. I mean, it's a, it's a powerful time. We can mature quickly in the things of God if we'll yield to it, if we'll yield to those t- uh, tools that he has given us. Amen. Now, how many of you guys know that the Bible is progressive revelation. How many of y'all know that? Now, what, what, what does that mean? That means that starting from Genesis to Revelation, everything is built upon, you know, Scripture upon Scripture, book upon book, all the way to the end. To the, to the end has greater revelation than the beginning. Right, we with well, the the church age, the place that we're in right now has has a greater revelation than things had in, in, at the beginning. You know, church, <laughs> I don't get my revelation who the Father is from Job. How many of y'all know that? So you can hear lots of preaching on that kind of stuff right now. I don't get my revelation of who the Father is from Job. Who do I get? How do I get my revelation of who the Father is by Jesus? By Jesus, by studying the Gospels, by studying, by studying the Epistles, I can find out exactly who the Father is. I don't have to go to Job to figure those things out. Why? Because Jesus is the manifestation, revelation of the Father himself. See, anything you see in Jesus, you're going to find it in the Father. Amen. And see, but anything you see in the Father, you're, you'll find it in Jesus. You say, oh, I don't know about that. Have you ever read Job? Have you ever read things in the Old Testament? No, church, see, I'm trying to, I want to change the way you think today. I want you to see that everything you see, everything you read, everything that you sense of Jesus, and even why he's here with us right now, everything that you hear, read, or sense of him, it is exactly who the Father is. That's, that's who he's revealing. He's revealing the love. He's revealing the compassion. He's revealing the Father to each and every one of us. He is that good. He is the greatest 
prophet and high priest, the apostle and high priest of our confession. How many of y'all know that any of the the priests of the Old Testament, any of the, the prophets, even the kings, I'm talking about even Elijah himself would trade in one second to be in your place, to be in your place right now where you can have a recreated spirit. Say, oh, they did so many amazing things for God. They did that and didn't even have a recreated spirit. You've been reborn. You have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you, and he will come upon you just like he did with Elijah. It's amazing these days and ages we live in. It's amazing, but we gotta, we got to come to this place and know that we have a greater revelation, and we got to stick to it. We got to stick to it. We got to press into it. We got to come to understand what God has given us. Because I'm telling you, church, it amazes me that all the tools that God has given us, every tool He's put in our hands, and to see Christians still struggling to keep their head above water. And you can see, you see it everywhere. You see it all over Facebook. You see it all over social media. Christians are just struggling, just just trying to catch that last breath because they're just struggling, struggling to keep their head above water. When when he's given us everything, all the tools at our discretion, all the tools at our discretion. I mean, I'm telling you, his love and kindness, and his loving and kindness, he's given us all things we need. I mean, not just just when we get to heaven. See, that's the the lie most Christians have is, well, when I I get to heaven, man, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be good. God's going to pour out all... <laughs> no, no, no. No, God desires heaven to be pulled down here right now. That's, that's why he's brought you here. That's why he's brought you here, Katrina. That's why he's brought you here, Martha. To pull heaven down to this place where what? We can release it. We can release that kingdom of God into the people that are around us. Oh, church, come on. These, these, are, some ser- these are some serious things here. Not only has he, he called us to, to release the king, to, to bring the heaven down here to this earth, but he's put the power, the kingdom of God on the inside of us so we can change the environment that we're in. You say, well, the environment seems to be changing us. Have you seen COVID-19? Well, we are called to change the environment that we're in. We don't get oppressed by, by what, the, what Satan and, his, and the world tries to give to us. No, we change it by what? By the kingdom that's in here. That's in here. By the power of the living God that's on the inside of us. But we got to release it. We got to know the truth. We got to understand how the Lord wants to lead us. And so we can release those things in the people around us. To when he says, go do this, we do it. When he says to, to, to pray for someone, we pray for him. When he says, you know what? Don't go there. You don't go there. Amen. It's as simple as that. But we got to understand what the Lord is trying to do to us. Now, why, why, why are so many Christians failing? Why, 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 why are we not you know, using these tools that, that God has given us? And why don't we resemble the early church? Hmm? I mean, is that, is that a question that I'm only, when I read through the book of Acts, why isn't every single church resembling the church of Acts? I'll tell you, because we don't resemble Jesus. <laughs> Because we're not resembling Jesus like, like the early church was resembling Jesus. Yeah, we got that one foot in, one foot out like we talked on our Wednesday meeting and like the church of Ephesus, amen? We're not resembling the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And why, why is that? It's for two reasons. For two reasons. One reason is because we don't know how to use these tools. And secondly is because we refuse to use them. 
One, you, you may not know how to do it, but secondly, it's because you just, you, you may know, you may have heard some things, but you know what, I've been there, done that, and I just refuse to, I refuse to use it. Uh, use it. You know, Hosea 4, 6 says that my people are destroyed for what? Y'all know that verse. For a lack of knowledge. But it doesn't stop there. See, we are destroyed. You know, the adversary will have his way with you if you don't have the knowledge of how to push back against him. If you don't know you have authority over him, he will kick your tail day and night. Amen? But see, there's another issue. It says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. Right? But what's what's the backside of that verse say? Because they have rejected knowledge. It's not that the knowledge isn't there. It's not that that island church isn't here. It's not that churches aren't here. But people, they they may not know the knowledge is there, but even if they know the knowledge is, they reject it. They don't want to have any part in it. Why? Because I got my feelings hurt somewhere. I got, this happened, that happened. I just just don't want to do it. All those preachers do is they want our money. I'm telling you, there's all kinds of offenses that can rise up on the inside of you to get you to what? To reject the knowledge. Why? So the adversary can come in and destroy you. It's, It's simple. It's as simple as that, church. It's as simple as that. I'm telling you guys, if we don't care, if we don't care what the word has to say, if we don't care what the tools that God has, has provided for us, there's only one thing you can do. You're only going to be able to flow with the punches, if you've ever heard that expression. Flow with the punches, meaning, meaning every wave that the adversary throws, everything that the, the world throws at you, wave after wave after wave, you're going to have to roll with them. You're going to get pushed back. You're going to get pushed to the side. You're going to get pushed under. You're going you're, you're to go the directions you don't want to do if, if, if you don't care about those things, if you don't care about the tools that God has given you. You know, my wife... Over the uh, quarantine period, she uh, she had she had this vision. We're we're having a praise and worship session, right? We're having a praise and worship session right before we did our I think it was our Tuesday our Tuesday Bible study with our, our children, right? But now now right in the middle of that, she 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 got this vision, and it, and it, all it was is waves crashing over. If any of y'all haven't heard that message when she when she. Uh, uh, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago that she preached on, on going deeper. I'm telling, I, I tell you, you need, to go, you need to go back and hear those things. You need to hear what the, what the Spirit of the Lord was saying through her on those things. It was powerful. Amen. Now, what was happening in that vision? These waves were crashing over. The waves were just crashing over, crashing over, crashing over. And what was, what was going on? The Lord said, just come deeper with me. Come, just come deeper with me. Now, why, why is that? Why is that? Have any of y'all ever been swimming out in the sea or surfing in the sea or boogie boarding in the sea? And probably not because we're from Ireland, amen? But see, when, when, when in Texas, when we do these things, these, these waves, I love it. I love to hear the waves just crashing over. But see, if you're ever trying to swim out through them, when the waves get big, man, it, it's very difficult to, to swim through them. Why? You can't swim over them. Why? Because you, you go swimming up and it just pushes you right back. You, you swim up and you push back out. I'm telling you, by the time you get past one or two, you're wore out, ready to drown. Amen. So what do you do? It's simple. If you're, if, you're on a, if you're on a surfboard, you just poke that nose down and you go right underneath the wave. And half a second, you're, you're through it. And then you're, you're popped up on, on the good surface again. You're on the boogie, just, boogie board, just, uh, just you know, tip the nose down. If you're swimming, just go. You go right through it. Why is that? Because if you go deep, if you go underneath those waves, they don't have, they don't have the, the, it doesn't have the power, it doesn't have the strength to push you back. Why? Because the strength is on the top side. I mean, that's, that's crushing over. 
You know, and as the Lord, as the Lord told that to Kimberly, you know, if we, the, how many of y'all know the deeper we go under the water, if y'all have been there, the deeper you go, there is peace. There's peace underneath that water. It's amazing, doesn't it? You, know, you can have boats going over the top of you, waves crashing, people surfing, jet skis flying, all things going on around you, but you, you don't notice those things when you're underneath. It's, so, it's, it's peaceful. It's quiet. Amen? And that's what the Lord is trying to tell you. We need to go deeper. Why? So you can receive that peace that, that surrounds him. Go deeper so you, so you get out from amongst the chaos, amen? But you're going to have to make the choice to do it, man. We live, we live as we venture off into this age, because I mean, I'm telling you, we, are, we seem to be at the end of the end of the end of the church, uh, the church age, this dispensation of grace. And as we, as we, as we venture into those things and, and Satan starts you know, bringing up things to come in and hinder us and and distract us and harm us and he, as he uh, continues to put pressure on this earth. I'm telling you, even the earth is beginning to put pressure out there. It's not just Satan. Even the earth is bringing forth pressure. I'm telling you, you look, look at how many earthquakes are going on around the world right now. I mean, it is amazing to see in the last hundred years where they are to where they are now. I'll, back where I live in Texas, we live in the part of the United States that never gets earthquakes. They're happening all over uh, the places where we live. I mean, it is amazing. Why? Because the earth is even preparing. It's desiring to get this evil, to get, get, the, get the distraction that it has on this earth, and it's contracting with these birth pains as well. It's contracting with these birth pains, looking for peace, looking for the looking for the King of peace, the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come back down here and to set up his throne for each and every one of us. Amen? Amen. But see, as these birth pains get harder and they get harder and they get harder and they get harder and they get quicker and they get quicker and they get quicker with that expectation of Jesus coming back to this place, we got to get underneath those waves. We're gonna, you got to find that place getting deep. you got to find that place getting, getting intimate with him. See, that intimacy, that's the place that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be able to hear his voice. You're going to be able to understand the difference in what your mind's saying from what your spirit's saying. You have to get deep. You have to go into that. Oh, I just don't have time. For, listen, church, you have time for anything you want to have time for. Everyone has time to go watch Liverpool. Everyone has time to, to do the things they want to do. But I'm telling you, you are going to have to make the decision to get pressed in to the things of God. You're going to have to make a decision to get, to get pressed in, amen? Because what are we going to do? What are we, how, how are we going to know, navigate the, these days we're living in? Because things are changing. How many of y'all know that? The world is changing, amen? Things are changing around us. How, how are we going to navigate those things? How are, we going to, how are we going to navigate through this? How are we going to be the church when COVID-19 is oppressing the world? How, how are we going to do those things? How, how, how are we going to do those things? What are we going to do when censorship in the church rises to where the things that, that we preach from this pulpit, the government says, uh-uh-uh, you can't do those things anymore. How, how are we going to be the church in those days? Hmm? How are we going to, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when the church has looked at the problem instead of the answer? So I'm telling you, we're getting into those days already. What are, we gonna, what are we gonna do? This is, this is why we gotta learn to be led by the Spirit. This is how we gotta be learned by the Spirit. This is why we need to be so in tune with the Spirit of God that he'll direct us around every molehill. He'll direct us around every hump, every wave that tries to come crashing. He'll say, you can, you can go underneath that. Oh, take a right. Oh, there's a, there's a riptide over there. Just go ahead and slide in that riptide and go, go on out, go on out to, the, to the depths. Hmm? 
We got to get into that place that we hear him and be led by his voice. Now, now I'll tell you guys, to be led by the Spirit is the easiest and most natural thing a Christian can do. Is the easiest and most natural thing I can do. Now, just as I say that, I look out here and everyone's like, I don't know about that. See, it is the easiest and most natural thing to do as a Christian. Amen. But it's the most, one of the most difficult things for you to begin to do. Why is that? Because you have to retrain your mind. You have to retrain your mind to get rid of all the rubbish, all the garbage that the world has has taught you. Amen. And then begin to listen to what this is saying to you and what this is saying to you. Amen. And it will redirect your life. You know, uh, I like to quote that from, uh, from John Osteen. He was my pastor's pastor back, back in the days. And he, and he used to always say that, you know, that he goes, I, he, had a, he had two doctorates in, in divinity, you know, under, under Baptist theology. And he said, you know, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, it took me, it took me years to unteach everything that I've been taught in seminary. And fill it with what? And fill it with what this says. By the leading of the Spirit. Because how many of you know the Spirit is the greatest teacher we have? Amen. I'm telling you, religion, religion will harm us. Religion will, will get us sent off into, into a wrong direction. But if we can listen to the Spirit of God and listen to what the Word says, we will be in good shape in everything we do. Because when God adds super, his super, his super to our natural, ooh, church, this is when the, this is when the pneuma comes into place. The the breath of God, the Spirit of God begins to move. This is when the gifts of the Spirit begin to be in manifestation. This is when when, uh, the leading of the Holy Ghost becomes becomes near and it becomes quick and it becomes easy for each and every one of us when we allow his super to be put onto our natural. Amen? Now, I don't know. I don't know about you, but, uh, but to be led by the Spirit, it is a... It's the greatest decision you can ever make. It can be the greatest journey you allow yourself to go upon if you will allow yourself to do it. Now listen, many, many, people, many people may not know how to do this, but many people refuse it. Amen. Many people refuse to make this choice, not because the Holy Ghost isn't leading, not because the Holy Ghost isn't leading you. See, many people say, you know, man, I just really don't know how to be led by Spirit. Well, I'll tell you, you made a great choice this morning. You see, see some of these empty chairs here? Those people didn't make the great choice this morning. Now, how, now where, was that, where was that choice made? It was, it was by the Spirit. See, when you woke up this morning, you're like, man, I know how long that preacher preaches. I, don't, I just don't know if I want to go up there today because I really got things I need to do, you know, and I got family coming over. I got this and that. And then you, you heard this little, you heard this voice on the inside just saying, let's yeah, go to the house of the Lord. Go participate. Go worship with me. You know, go get involved with me. Go, go participate with my family. And you say, you know what? I just feel like I'm going to go to church today. So you got up. I'm telling you, it's the best choice you made. It's the best choice you made. Now, like I said, other people didn't necessarily make that choice. Amen. Now, it's not because the Holy Ghost wasn't speaking to them. It's because they weren't listening. Amen. Or they refused to listen. Amen. What were they listening to? It could have been, it could have been their flesh. It could have been, could have been another spirit. Amen. Well, well let, me, let me tell you that. How, how many of you guys know that when an, uh, another spirit can only have influence in your life if you permit it? How many of you know that? 
as a Christian, as, a, as one filled up with the, with the power of the living God, you know, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. How, how many of y'all know that, that, that an evil spirit, an, a spirit that's contrary to the word of God can't manipulate you, he can't harm you, if spirit of sickness or disease, they can't come upon you unless you what? Unless you permit these things. It doesn't mean they're not going to try. Amen. But we don't have to permit them. That we don't have to permit those things, amen? We just got, we just got to allow God to lead these things in our life, amen? Now, now how, how do we, uh, hmm. Now, how do, how, do, how, do we, how do we decipher if we're being led by the flesh or if we're being led by the spirit? Well, I'll get more into this next week, I imagine, so I don't want to touch on this too much, but, but we, got to, we got to come to a place where we decipher who we actually are as a person, Right, you you are a what? You are a spirit, right? You have a soul, and you live in a body. You know, this is like, oh, these are these are basic things. I already know these. Well, these are some things you have to get solidified on the inside of you to where you can know that you have the right to be led by the spirit. You are made just like the image of God. You you are a spirit. You know, God is a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul. See, see, a lot, most, of, most of Christianity, they put those two things as the same thing. Like, I, I have a spirit, or, or, or you know, I am a soul. I, you know, I want to get soul saved. No, you don't want to get soul saved. You want to get spirit saved, right? Because what, what are souls? Souls, is our, it's our mind, it's our will, it's our, it's our emotions. You know, God has given us those things too, and they need to get reborn. They need to, they, they need to, they need to get renewed, if you will, by, by the word of God. But we, but we are a spirit. You have a soul, and you live in a body. That body allows us to be planted here on this earth. Why? Because to be absent from that body is to be what? Present with the Lord. Amen? This flesh, this natural flesh that you have, gives you permission to, to sit down here on, on this earth. Amen? Now, now uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you know, Paul makes this quite clear to the church at, at Thessalonica. He says, and, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Now, that holy is not H-O-L-Y. It's W-H-O-O-Y. It is completely. May he, may he sanctify you completely. And I, he says, and pray, and pray to God your, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That your whole spirit, one part of you, your soul, another part of you, and your body remain blameless until the coming of our Lord. I'm telling you, Paul made it quite clear there's three different parts of us, amen? Now, why is that? Because we, we're kind of created in triune just like our Father is, amen, just like our God is. I mean, he has the, we have the Father, we have the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's a triune God, and just like we are, we are a, a triune being, you'll see things like that mimicked all the way throughout the Word of God, amen? Why? Because it's who God is. Amen. God creates things the way he is, not the way we think things ought to be. Amen. Now, if, uh, in Genesis 1.26, it says, uh, Jesus, or the Lord, you know, speaking through, he said, and let us make man. Now, who is us? You find that interesting that he says, let us make man. Who is us? That's the Father, that's the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let us make man in what? In our own image. Let us make man in our own image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, amen. Now, not only did God make us in his image, amen. Now, what do you think God looks like? God has hands. You know, look at your hands. God has that. He has fingers. He has feet. He has legs. He has, he has eyes. He has ears. He has a nose. We are made in his image, 
We represent him. We are, we are made in his image. I mean, I'm telling you, God has made some beautiful things. He has made some amazing things with, with what he's done on this earth. He's made some amazing beings. He's made some amazing angels, and they're glorious. They're beautiful. You have some that are, that are holy and some that, are rebe- that have rebelled, amen? But there is only one thing that's been created to look like him. There's only one thing that's been created to look like him. Who is that? Point your finger at yourself and say, it's me. We are the only ones created to look like him. Not an angel, not a tree, not a dog or a cow. No, he gave us dominion over all those things. Why? Because he made us in his image. And not only do he make us in his image, church. Well, let me say that in, in, uh, in, uh, first, uh, in, in John 14, 9. You know, God, you know people, people make this uh, question all the time. They say, what, what, do you think? what do you think Jesus, what do you think God looks like? What do you think the Holy Ghost looks like? I can't wait till we get to heaven, you know. You, know, you want to know what he looks like? He looks like Jesus. He looks like Jesus. The Father, he looks like Jesus. You know what the Holy Ghost looks like? He, lo- he looks like Jesus. Amen. What, what did he say in, in John 14, 9? He says, yeah, when Philip, uh, uh, Jesus was talking to Philip and trying to explain things about the kingdom, about the Father, and Philip looked at him and said, man, just, just show us the Father. Why don't you just show us what he looks like? And he's like, Philip, have I been with you for so long and you don't know who I am? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you know, if, you, if, you've, if you've paid attention, if you know anything about me, if you've seen me, you're looking at the Father right now. You're, why? Because I am I, like John chapter 17, because I'm, I'm one with the Father, and the Father is one with me. Just as I'm, I'm becoming one with you, so you can become one with him. Amen? I'm telling you, John, you guys, you got you to start digging in John chapter 17. That, that, that chapter is amazing. I'm telling you, it will change your life if you'll, if you'll dig into it. Amen. But now, why did Jesus say these things? Because he is the express image of the Father. He is the express image of the Father here on this earth. Like I said before, you won't be able to find anything in Jesus that you can't find in the Father. Full stop. You won't find anything in the Father that you can't find in Jesus. It is a full stop. And this should revolutionize the way you think. Amen? It should revolutionize what what happens when you read this word. You know, it should change the way you read the Old Testament. Amen? Because you can't find anything you can't find in Jesus, you won't find in the Father. It It is as simple as that. Amen? Now, not only do you make us in his image... Not only did he make us in his image, but he made us in his likeness. He made us in his likeness. How many know you're just like God? You may not act like God, but you're just like God. You look like him, and he gave you his likeness. He gave you the ability to have dominion over everything he created. Why? Because he gave you those abilities to do those things. He gave you dominion over these things. These are, power, these are powerful truths that everyone just nods their head, but you don't believe them. You don't believe them. Why? Because we don't operate in them. Amen? He has given us dominion over everything. See, that's why Jesus speak to, speak to a tree and it'll die. You know, this, this is why he can stop a storm. Why? Because we have dominion over all things. You know, Jesus said, the things I do, you're going to do, you can do as well, even greater things. How many of y'all believe that in here? How many of y'all are speaking to the weather? How many of y'all are speaking to a virus? How many of y'all are speaking to, to health among this church? I'm, I'm telling you, we, we have dominion and authority to do those things. He gave us a soul. Amen. And then that, like I said, he gave us the ability to think. How much knowledge we can grab a hold of nowadays is amazing. It's amazing. 
It's amazing the amount of, I mean, we've got this computer system here that we can grab a hold of all this knowledge. It is powerful. Why? Because God created us that way. He gave us a will to do what? To choose. He gave us a will to choose, you know, right and left. Choose him or not to choose him. He gave us a will that he never, that he never pushes over the top of. And he also gave us what? He gave us emotions. Now you get around a word of faith, church. You know, faith churches like this say, oh, well, don't be talking about emotions. You know, we're not, you know, we're not led by emotions. Well, I'm telling you, emotions are from God. Amen? Emotions are from God. You know, anger is from God. You know, uh, sadness, compassion, being joyful and happy, to be jealous. See, these things are from the Father. Now listen, the Father isn't led by those things. He has them. I mean, we have them. It's not, it's not a bad thing to be happy. It's not a, th- a bad thing to be sad. It's not a bad thing to have righteous anger come up against you when things come against the kingdom of God. I mean, we just can't allow these emotions to change. They can't change or they can't lead everything in our lives. Amen? We lead our emotions. We, we stop our emotions when they need to be stopped. They don't lead us. We need to be led by the Spirit. We're called to be led by him, not by him. God, God has all these emotions flowing through him, but he is not led by them. Amen. He does nothing that, that is contrary to his will. Amen. When he gets angry, it's, it's a righteous anger. And when he gets sad, it's because he's sad. It's not something we should, we should pull back from. He controls them. Now, why were we created? Why, why, why is man created? I mean, we're going we're to go over some of these basic truths because you're going to have to know these things so when someone comes and asks you the answer for them, it's the first thing that blurts out of your mouth. Why, why are we created? Man was created what? To worship him. God created man as a family. He wanted a family to, to worship him, to commune with him, to get intimate with him. That's why he made us just like him. So he didn't get intimate with the angels. He, he created that for us, for a family to get intimate with him. Just like us, when we have children, they're, they're in our likeness and they're our image. And they're intimate with us. It's a different level. Amen. He, he has called us to be intimate with each and every one of them. And I'm telling you, anytime I start talking about intimacy, I'm saying all those religious spirits, they, they start getting irritated at that. They get irritated with that word intimate. Why? Because who are you to say that we can get intimate with God? Don't you know that we're just, oh, pro sinners saved by grace? Don't you know that you got to work your way into getting something like that? Well, I'm telling you, the Lord has made us righteous. We are the righteousness of God. How many of y'all know that? It's not something that you're attaining to. It's not something that you can work towards. You right now, if you have the Holy Ghost, if you have the living God, if you've been made one with Jesus, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about, you are righteous now. You are righteous now. It's not something you will attain to. You cannot work towards it. It is who you are. Say, I am the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God. You may have been a poor sinner saved by grace, but that was by like a half a second before you got saved. When you got saved, that went out the window, and then righteousness flood, flood on the inside of you. Praise God we live in the dispensation of grace. You know, some amazing things, you know. You know, uh, Bob, Yandian, Bob Yandian talks about this, and he says that, that God has communicated with us 
through different fashions throughout the dispensations, you know. Now, what, what, what do I mean by that, or what does he mean by that? You know, during, you know, the days of Adam, you know, God walked around the earth, right? He, he walked upon the earth. He, he walked in the cool of the day with man, right? And he spoke to him face to face like I'm speaking to you right now. Now, those days, it, it, that didn't happen anymore, right? Now, you had, you know, then you had, you know, the burning bush, and you had the cloud by day, and the, or, yeah, the cloud by day and the fire by night, right? Then you had, you know, the law and the prophets came forth, you know. And nowadays, we have have him speaking to us by what? Now we're in the dispensation that, that he doesn't have to come in the fire. He, he, we have the Holy Ghost. He'll speak to us by the Spirit of God and by the Word of God. But each time man came to God, even in the days of Adam, we came to him by one way. Do you know how that is? See, God changed the way he talked to us in, in, in different dispensations on how we could receive from him. But how have we always how have we always come into the presence of God? How have we always come to communicate with God? It's always been by faith. You cannot come to the throne room without faith. You can't get into the presence of God without faith. You can't hear and be led by the Spirit of God unless you have faith, unless you, unless you have a, a knowledge of what the Word of God says and yield into those things. Faith is what the, it's that expression of the things that we know from the things of God, from the revelation that He's poured down to each and every one of us. I'm telling you, it's powerful. It's powerful. Why is that? Because God's jealous for you. He's jealous for you. I'll tell, I'll tell you, like I said on the Wednesday crowd in James 4 or 5, one of my favorite scriptures, it says that the spirit that God has breathed, the spirit that God has breathed in our house is a jealous lover. How many of y'all know that? That God is a jealous lover that intensely desires to have more and more and more of you. He wants to separate you from the world. He wants to separate you from the things, the, the, from things in sin and unrighteousness. Why? Because he's jealous to have each and every part of you. He wants each and every part of you pulled on the inside. Amen? But how are we going to find that? We're going to have to get intimate with him. The more you get intimate with him, I'm telling you, the more jealous you'll be for him. The more jealous you'll be for him to, to move in your life, to have communion with you, to, to chat with you, to talk with you, to, to move in your life. But it all is based on one thing. It's, it's on this intimacy. I'm telling you, I've been on this for, for months and months now, it seems like. Why? Because I'm telling you, the church is not intimate. It's not intimate, and you'll never understand what the Lord has for us until we get to that place of intimacy with him. Not intimacy with me, not intimacy with your, with your neighbor, or your wife, or your husband, but intimacy with him. Amen. Do we take a time to press in deep into the things of God? Amen. Now, let me, let me go. Let me, I'm going to go here. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to Psalms. Well, let me, let me go to Hebrews first. I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. In verse 6, uh, it says, but, but one in a certain place testified, saying, this is a man, he goes, he goes, that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you visited him. He goes, you made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, and you did set him upon the works of your hand. You have, you have put all things in subjection underneath his feet, for, for that he put all in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him, but now we see, yet all things are under him. But we see Jesus. He was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Now, now listen, I want you to turn back to, to Psalms 8. Now, this is, the, this is the scripture 
that the author of Hebrews was quoting here. Psalms chapter 8. Psalms chapter 8, and it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name upon the earth. He has set thy glory among the heavens. Do, do you know what glory is? Do you know what the glory of God is? It seems like there's one thing that's, that's very confused amongst people. Glory is the goodness of God, right? It's the goodness of God like Moses talked about when, when he goes, Lord, I want to see your glory. He said, I'll show you your, my goodness, right? The, but what is the glory? It's his goodness that, that does what? That brings us into communion with the one that has the glory. So, so the glory is the goodness of God that brings us into communion with the one that has the glory, which is the Father himself, right? So, so in this verse, he says, who has set thy glory, who has set thy goodness that brings us into communion with him above all the heavens. He goes, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength because of thine enemies, you, that you might as still the enemy and the avenger. I like how the, the uh, passion says that, that praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. It says, when I consider the heavens and the work of the fingers, the moon and the stars, and what, uh, who you have ordained, he goes, what is a man that you're mindful of him? What is a son of man that you have visited him? He goes, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor that you have made his, uh, have dominion over all the works of his hands and you put all things under his feet, all the sheep, all the oxen, all the beasts of the field, the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea and whatsoever passes under the, the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name on the earth. Amen. Now you look at it, and, uh, I love this in verse six, said you have made, is another, another authority scripture here. It says, you made him, you made who? You made man to have dominion over all the works of your hand. He has given us all the uh, authority over all the works over our hand. Why? Because we are created in his likeness and image. How many of y'all know that you have no spiritual authority outside of his, outside of his authority? See, the church wonders why you're not walking in authority. You have the congregations, ministers, pastors. They wonder why we can't walk in authority. It's because you're not under authority. I mean, you're not under the authority of the Father. You're not under the authority of his government that he's placed here down the earth, which is the church. If you're going to operate in authority, amen, you're going to have to be sat under authority. It's just like this. The Garda Shiakana Naren, right? Our, our guards. It, it has, it has it's the, the guardians of peace of Ireland, right? Now, see, they go up, what, is that 10 miles to hit the border there, five miles, and you hit the border? You know, when they step over that border, they, they don't have authority there, right? That's that little badge they wear. On the, they, they don't have authority when they walk up and go into, into Northern Ireland. Likewise, neither does the, the police have authority from the north, have authority when they come down here to this land. Amen. Why? Because it is the nation that gives them authority. If you want to walk in authority with the, with the kingdom of God, you're going to have to wear the badge of, of the kingdom of God on your, on, your, on your chest. You're going to have to wear it, you know, smeared upon your face, sealed upon your heart. Amen. You're going to have to walk in his authority and his anointing because you can't walk in authority outside of it, church. It's not, it's not a strength thing. It's not by power. It's not by might. It is, it is, it is by the Holy Ghost. It is by his spirit, says the Lord. You know, God has created us in this way. God created us this way. It baffles me that man still doesn't understand it. He still doesn't understand it. He gave all authority. What it's talking about here, all authority over all things. He gave it to Adam, right? Adam and Eve. And what did they do? 
They chose to follow Satan. They chose to follow the snake. They yielded unto manipulation. And what they do? They committed treason and gave all their authority over to Satan. Now, if God is a just God, many of us say, well, why didn't God just, just stop Satan then? Why didn't he just say, you can't do that and cast them into the pit of hell? Why didn't, he, why didn't he stop kids from getting sick? Why didn't he stop wars from happening? Why didn't he stop all those things? Because he, he gave his authority to Adam. It'd be unjust if he'd go out and, and put Satan in the, in, in the pit of hell right now. It'd be unjust. Why? Because he, 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 he can't go take something. He's not a, well, I, I, I won't say that because y'all probably won't get that, that phrase over here, but we say in the States, an Indian giver. Amen? Meaning from all the Europeans that came over uh, to the U.S., we, you know, took things and promised everything to the Indians, and we took it all back. A- amen? Talking about the Native Americans there. Amen. But, but he's not an Indian giver. He gave those, that authority into, into the, and, uh, he gave it to man. Man gave it over to Satan. Satan had it until what? Until, until God found him a man. God found him a man. His name was Abraham. Abraham. Abraham walked in righteousness because of his faith into the things of God. He, had, he birthed to the 12 tribes through, through his son. He birthed the 12 tribes of Israel. And those 12 tribes of Israel, they, they made a nation. That nation, it made, it made a kingdom. That kingdom, it produced a king. And that king produced the king of kings. And that king of kings, when he came down here to this earth, he took back that authority. Amen. He took back by what? Defeating death, by defeating hell, by defeating the grave, by, by making a show of Satan openly and publicly as he triumphed over him. He took all the authority back. And then what did he do? He said, here, yummy, I'm giving it back into you. I'm giving it back into each and every one of my people. You say, where do you, where do you get that? Well, well uh, Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, and all authority... All power, all exousia authority has been given to me in what? In heaven and on earth. This is Jesus. He says, all power, all authority has been given to me to heaven and on earth. And then what does the very next verse say? He says, go therefore. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them everything that I've commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you until the end of the days or to the end of the ages. You know, he said, go therefore. Anytime you see therefore, you need to go right back up and see what it's there for. How are we going to go therefore, therefore? Because he has all the power and authority. And what? He's given it to us. Why? Because we can only have the authority if we're under his authority. Amen. And he, he sent us. Anyone that is sent is under the authority of the one who has sent them. Amen. We have the authority back here in this land. Now, jump up, and this is probably my last verse I'll go here. In, in verse 5, he says, For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Now, I've always thought this, this verse to be strange here when you, when you read it because it's like I don't ever remember studying through the Word and seeing angels crowned with glory and honor, right? Having crowns upon their head. Usually that was for, for the Lord, for Jesus, and then you see that about humanity, right? So, so looking through them, like, what, what's this talking about? And, and how does he make man, how did he make them a little lower than the angels? Why, why, why would he do that? It just doesn't make sense to me, right? Because what does Hebrews 1.14 say? What does Hebrews 1.14 say? It says, are they not all ministering spirits? Talking about the angels. He says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them that are what? Heirs of salvation. Who are, is there any heirs of salvation in here? So what, so what are the angels for? They're sent forth to minister unto you, to serve you. 
Amen. So why do we allow all of our angel, angels to be lazy? <laughs> why, why do we allow them to sit around and do nothing? Why don't we send them, send them on missions to bring, bring out the provision we need to build churches in this land? Why don't we send them out to, to bring people, to get, to get them planted into the church? Why, you know, we, need, we need to send our angels out to do things. Amen. But see, if they're, if they're there to serve us, if God sent them to serve us, to protect us and do all these things, because that's what the Word says. It's not what Ryan says. It's what the Word says. If he sent them to do that, then how did he, how did he create us lower than them? Huh? They're here to serve us. How, 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 how are we created? What, what is that? How's that verse talking about us? How did he make us lower? Well, he's not. See, if you, if you dig a little bit deeper than just what the King James Version says there, and you, you know, maybe your version may say a little bit different. Maybe you go back into the Hebrew and say, see what the Hebrew actually says. But it says that he has made him a little bit lower than Elohim, is what that word says. Not, not the angels, but a little bit lower than Elohim. Now, remember, what, what is Elohim? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a first, it's, it's in the first sentence in Genesis. You know, God, in the beginning, Elohim made the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, Elohim. What is Elohim? It is the is most basic form of the word God in Hebrew. Amen? It's the most used word God in Hebrew. Amen? And, and I'll tell you, another powerful thing about this word is it's a word in plural, meaning gods. It doesn't mean just God. It means gods. You say, what does that mean? It's not talking about the, the God of the, of the sky, the God of the stars, and the God of fire. No, it's talking, about, it's talking about God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's Elohim. Amen? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And he said, he's made him just a little bit lower than Elohim. Just a little bit lower than Elohim. Him, you know, this, this ought to give a whole new meaning to this verse here, amen. It could actually be translated like this you know, he is, he is a wise man that you're mindful of him, you've made him a little bit lower than yourself. I'm telling you, that, that is some powerful stuff right there. If you, if you hadn't listened to anything I've said all day, you ought to pay attention to that right there. Why, man, why are you mindful of us? Why, why did you make us just a little bit lower than yourself? Isn't that, isn't that considered heresy in most places? You know, who are you comparing yourself to God? You know, who, who are you, to, you know, this is who God created us to be. Just, just a little bit lower than himself. The ones that have power and authority. He created this world that we live in for you. It wasn't for him. He was living in heaven. He created it for you. For each and every one of you to have dominion over it. Why? So you could be, as the, as the scriptures say, the, the, the little G God over this world. Amen. The ones with the power, the ones with authority in this world. Amen. Now, listen, church. I know, I know, I know these, these, these can be kind of strong statements. They can be very controversial. Amen. But they are scriptural. They're, they're straight out of the word of God. And we have to let those things settle in our hearts. Amen. To where we can allow ourselves to, to understand how God desires to operate in us. I mean, see, he didn't put his spirit in the angels. He didn't put his spirit in the animals. He put in us for a reason. Because we're made in his likeness. We're in his image. We're just a little bit lower than him. Just a little bit lower than him. Amen. Now, now I want to read this. I just want to read this, these verses here because I think it's absolutely powerful. Let me read it to you in the Passion. Passion's translation. And I will close with this. I won't teach on it. I just want to read it to you. I want you to shut your eyes. And I want you to, to hear how this sounds in the Passion translation. Let me just read it to you, if I can get there.
Okay. I say, shut your eyes and just hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to you. It says, Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Look at all the splendor of the skies, your, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at the moon and the stars, mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you're, you're a fascinating artist who have passioned it all, or fashioned it all. But when I look up and see such a wonder and workmanship above, he goes, I have to ask you this question. Compared to all the cosmic glory, why would you bother with a puny mortal man? Or why are you infatuated with one of Adam's sons? Yet, you have, yet, yet, uh, yet what honor you have given to men. Created only a little lower than Elohim, crowned like kings and queens with glory and, magnific and magnificence. You have delegated to them mastery over everything you've made. You've, you've made everything subservient to their authority, placing earth itself under their feet as your image bears. All the created order in every living thing on earth, the sky, the sea, the wild, the wild beasts and the sea creatures, everything is, is in submission to Adam's sons. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your majesty and your glory from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. Amen. So why, so why, are, we, why are we going this direction here? Because I need to train you to get to the place where you know exactly who God has created you to be, who he's made you to be, what is he, and what he's trusted on the inside of you. Church, because he desires to lead you, he guide, desires to guide you, and he desires to direct you. Amen. Say that. The Lord desires to lead me. He desires to guide me. He desires to use me. Say, so he desires to guide me. He desires to lead me. He desires to use me. Amen. Like I said, I'm going to take my time as we go through this, just so we can, we can make sure we all get it. Because like I said, this is some of the most important stuff. Now, it's going to be stuff that some of you have been taught, you know, over and over and over. Amen. But it will secure some things on the inside of you until we can get to that place where you have no doubts when we begin uh, to talk about the specific things of how uh, the Lord desires to lead us. Amen. So next week, we'll, we'll hit on probably the, the spirit, the soul, and the body and kind of break that down and, and be a little more technical on it. Amen. So let's... So let's uh, Let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll dismiss out of this place. Amen. So, Father, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, Lord, to, to hear your word, Lord. We thank you for laying a foundation on the inside of each and every one of us, Lord, to, to be led by your spirit, Lord. For we know it is the simplest thing you've given to us because we have your, your spirit living on the inside of us, Lord. But, but help us lay a foundation, Lord. We'll have no doubts. We'll have... 
We'll have no hindrances. We'll have no distractions. But we'll be able to, to function as you have called us to do, Lord. We thank you for it. And as a tradition of this church, Lord, as we, as we step out of the four walls of this church, Lord, we take a hold of Psalms 91. That no evil will befall us. Neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place, Lord. For, for you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, Lord. Why? Because we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Lord, we, we abide, we desire to be intimate with the living God. And we thank you for everything that you provided for us. We thank you we're protected along the, the, the motorways, the seaways, the railways, the airways, and the walkways, that no wicked plan from the wicked man or the devil himself shall come hinder us or distract us. Lord, we thank you that we're, we're protected, that there, there is no COVID-19 that can come against our church, that can come against our family, that sickness and disease is not permitted. Why? Because you've made us in your image and your likeness, Lord. And we thank you for it. And Lord, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you as we walk out of the four walls of this church, we walk in faith and love towards you and love towards one another. Walking out of here as the ambassadors of Christ, you've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church, we're covered by your blood, we're empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen.